Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you'll listen to our past podcast conversations, and if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcasts, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and any online book retailer you prefer. Check out Drive Your Career today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you are looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. I'm really excited to introduce our guest today. Rita Allen is the president of Rita B. Allen Associates, a national career management firm specializing in executive coaching, leadership development, management training, and career development. Rita is a lecturer at Boston area universities, a sought after speaker and presenter, the author of numerous articles, blogs, and the book, Personal Branding and Marketing Yourself. She has been a regular contributor for a number of publications, including the Chief Learning Officer, the Association for Talent Development, and the Huffington Post. Rita was also voted one of the top 10 executive coaches by the Boston Women's Business Journal. Rita brings many years of human resource experience to her practice and has worked with leaders across all industries and professions. Additionally, she has served on various boards, including being a past president of the Boston's Club, a former board member of More Than Words, and past president of the Association of Career Professionals International New England. Hello, Rita. Hi, Ed. How are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Great. So I think I tried to pluralize the Boston Club, but I meant the <laughs> Boston Club. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic opportunity that you had. Can you tell us a little bit about that organization and you know, kind of sure. how it works? Sure. Yes. And thank you for having me today, Ed. Yeah, the Boston Club is an organization of of uh, executive women from a variety of industries and specialty areas and disciplines. And it's really uh, an organization that's a professional group for women to network with other women, to connect and be a resource to each other, our own professional development around leadership. Um, And it's all about advancing women leaders. So we also play a role in advocating and influencing more women in the C-suite as well as in the boardroom. Uh, and we do that in a, n- a number of ways. And I, I would love to put out there the uh, the website to visit to learn more. And that's www.thebostonclub.com where you can learn uh, a lot more and see many programs that we have upcoming as well. Great. And so this is such a hot topic today, but the Boston Club, I think, has been around for a while, right? Actually, this is our 45th year. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and, so that... Yeah. And we have close to 700 uh, members uh, and we have corporate partners and sponsors um, that 
really run the range of across all industries as well. Wow, 45 years. Well, that's yes. fantastic. <laughs> right. So I did a light introduction of you, Rita, and I certainly would love to provide you an opportunity to tell us a little bit more about you know what you do and how you kind of currently interact in the marketplace. Sure. Thank you, Ed. Yeah, so I, I always like to say my journey has had a few different chapters so far. Um, you know, I start off uh, as a, a product of cooperative education from Northeastern University, which really helped me launch my career in the field of HR, which I've been in for many years, as you as you had said. Um, so the first chapter of my career was really spent as a corporate HR professional working for a few different companies in the semiconductor as well as medical device industries. And then the second chapter was working as an executive search person, specifically in the field of HR, where I had an opportunity to work with clients across all industries on a national level, as well as to develop my sales, marketing, and business development skills. And through both of these chapters, I was able to really build a very deep and broad network that was foundational in enabling me to move into the third and current chapter as the owner of my own business, which... Uh, which coincidentally was really my long-term goal ever since I was a young girl. Um, so since 2005, I've had my own coaching, training, and consulting business. And you very uh, nicely talked about all of my specialty areas, so I, I won't review them again. Um, but as a, a coach and, and trainer, I really work with leaders across all disciplines and industries. And what I do is help them push in new ways and, and stretch out of their comfort zone to develop their leadership capabilities and to really have an opportunity to realize their full potential and achieve great results. And so what I aspire to do every day, really, which is my mission, is to assist individuals, empower themselves to take charge of their careers and organizations to maximize their talent potential. Um, and over the years, I've had I've been fortunate to have a lot of additional opportunities that pushed me in new ways. And as you said, um, as a result, I've, I'm a, a frequent speaker, presenter, workshop leader, and do a lot of writing uh, and uh, have my book, Personal Branding and Marketing Yourself, that was published a few years ago and currently working on a follow-up to that book, as well as a third book uh, on leadership. Um, and for many years, I've also had the opportunity to teach as a lecturer at Northeastern and university, as well as um, several other colleges. And then lastly, I do believe strongly in the power of giving back, which was really a big part of my upbringing, watching my parents do so with so much passion and enthusiasm. You know, I grew up in an immigrant family uh, and I'm actually, and that was really one of the core values of my family. Um, so as a result, I've always been very involved in my community and professionally in a variety of organizations where, like you said, I have served on a number of, of boards as well and uh, thoroughly enjoy that, too. Wow. Well, you are one busy person. <laughs> I like to stay busy. Absolutely. <laughs> so this topic of pushing people in new ways, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, you know, this is something we think about when we think about bravery in the workplace, because as you know, you don't learn about bravery in junior high or high school and college. There's no major in bravery. And yet when you become a leader, first time leader, oftentimes you're expected to do things that include bravery. And I'm just wondering uh, if you're like me, I've never been hired to help somebody be braver, literally. 
but in respect to what they want to work on, how they want to be seen or behave, if they feel like they need to be pushed in new ways, bravery is oftentimes something they need to think about. And I'd love to hear your you know, thoughts and reflections on that as you have worked with leaders across many industries. Yeah, you know, I think that that really is when you think about coaching and you know that very well, Ed, um, where that's what you do as well. When we work with people, uh, pushing out of your comfort zone does really uh, force you to kind of step back and be very raw and vulnerable. And I think bravery does require us, you know, to have that kind of vulnerability. And you know, I love Brene Brown's uh, work where she talks about vulnerability. And, you know, and, and that, you know, for us to be vulnerable, we have to have trust and build credibility and, you know, um, be agile and resilient. And, you know, all of these, I think, go into really uh, being able to push ourselves and and being working with someone and being that soft place where they can land, but yet pushing someone too and challenging them to really kind of dig deep, reflect and know themselves, have that inner strength so that they can really find that potential in them and not be afraid to take some risk and stretch in new ways. And, you know, sometimes we learn the hard way. We have to make mistakes, but that's that's a good thing, you know. And I love quoting, I love quotes, period. Um, but one of my favorites is by Nelson Mandela. And he, he says, um, I never fail. I either win or I learn. And that's really when you think about bravery, when you think about pushing out of our comfort zones, that's what it's all about. Just being willing to take that risk, take that leap and have faith. And, and even if we make a mistake, you know, there's no such thing as failing. We, what do we learn from that? And we're better for that down the road. Well, a lot of people would say that uh, what you, you just said is very accurate and easier to do if in the culture, the leaders are people who are open to being vulnerable, are leaders who have built trust, are leaders who can be humble or show humility. And, you know, my likelihood of being candid with somebody and providing them feedback that might take bravery is harder to do if that person is, isn't vulnerable or isn't somebody I trust, right? Because there seems to not be a way to do it. Uh, you know, what are your, what are your thoughts on kind of the culture of the uh, the, you know, the need of a culture in order to be braver in the workplace. Yeah, I think that's a great and really important point. And culture does play a big role. I mean, when we think about having the courage to lead to, you know, it, it all starts, I believe, with sort of value-based value -based leadership too. So you have to really know what are your core values and make sure there's alignment with the culture that you're in. Because, you know, we've all been at least maybe one time in those in, in that situation where the culture wasn't one that we could be vulnerable, that we could trust, that we felt aligned, where the values were totally aligned. And not that our values will be 100% aligned 100% of the time. Sometimes we make some compromises. But if you know that, if you know what they are, then you can be empowered to say, you know, I'm making maybe a compromise here, but this is what I'm gaining. But if there are situations where it's all compromise and nothing that you're gaining, um, then that isn't going to be the right environment for you. So I think a, a really uh, key part of that selection of where we go and where we lead and or are led really has to be the right fit and that culture and having uh, some alignment there is really important because if you can't be your best authentic self, um, you know, and, and deal with the challenges in a way that is very uh, genuine and very transparent, 
then that will hold us back from being able to push out of our comfort zones. Oh, definitely. And I think that's a great takeaway for our listeners, which is if you feel a need to be braver in the workplace, if you need to say something to a boss or to a peer that you feel requires bravery, you know, maybe first take a assessment of your culture and say, you know, how do I best navigate this culture? Is this going to be welcomed? Is this going to be rejected? Am I going to get in trouble because I've now said something? Uh, you know, that's, a, I think, a really important piece to the equation. Yeah, exactly. And I, I also think, you know, it does require, like I was saying earlier, that inner strength to, to know yourself really well, because, you know, sometimes people just don't have enough faith or confidence or even awareness to be able to to put themselves out there like that. The culture might welcome it, but sometimes people hold back because they've got that fear and don't want to put themselves out there. And, you know, you've got to really know yourself, have that inner strength and um, and and that integrity and and knowing who you are and what you bring, what your differentiator is so that you can really be true to that and stay stay true and and leverage you know, what that is that you bring, that value that you bring, and and not hold back in letting that come out, you know. And and so, you know, it's it's a mix of the right culture as well as as you having that strength to say, this is who I am and I am going to put myself out there. Yeah, a lot of our guests have said that the world of bravery is uh, gnarly or messy, right? So it's a mixture of company, culture, and values. It's yourself, it's the person you want to speak to, right? These things all need to be aligned in some way for it to work. Uh, if they're misaligned, your likelihood of making success is diminished. If they are aligned, then maybe the person will listen to you. Maybe the person will reflect on what you said and actually be curious and take action on the feedback you've provided versus just saying, oh, no, you're wrong and get back to work. Right, right, exactly, yeah. Rita, how about you? When you think about bravery in the workplace, maybe you've already mentioned some of the words you would think of, but you know, what words or phrases come to mind when you think about being brave at work? Yeah, I mean, I think, and I have to tell you, uh, Ed, it, it was so serendipitous that you reached out to me to talk about this because you know, bravery has been one of those uh, things that I've pushed myself to experience throughout my, my lifetime. And of course, 2024, us all to tap into <laughs> but as i was uh doing some holiday shopping in december i actually uh came across a journal a bravery journal and which i bought for myself and i've been writing in every day and it's been so powerful you know this year um so uh so again i think it was it was kind of serendipitous but um but yeah i guess you know the only other word i'd add because i would say that strength that i've talked about is what i what i think of integrity um, spirituality, which kind of goes, allows us to be, have that strength. And of course, that means something different to each one of us, but it can be a very much of an anchor and guide and helping us be strong and, and not afraid to take risks, to have that courage to get comfortable being uncomfortable. That's a quote I, I use all the time and actually have a panel discussion series with the tagline, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Um, I think also motivation and empowerment confidence, um, vision. I mean, there's so many words. Um, empathy, also being resilient and, and agile because, you know, it takes a lot of courage to be able to pivot when you need to and know when that is and how to do so, so that we can be agile. And that really, I think as leaders too, we have to have that kind of agility every day, you know, to be able to, you know, kind of go where we need to and, 
and uh, where, uh, you know, become flexible and, and use different approaches as needed as well. So I know that's a mouthful, but a lot of words that I think <laughs> well, we're gonna, bravery. We're, no, no worries. We will go back and pick up on a couple of them. And I love the thought that you do a workshop or a program called Get Comfortable Being Uncomfortable, because to me, of the many things that could fall under those headings, bravery is clearly one, right? Because there are things we all need to say that we're not saying, and this might be professionally or personally. It could be a next door neighbor. It could be a family member, right? That we are avoiding and not talking about because it's easier to avoid and not talk about it than actually jump in and say something. Uh, I'm just wondering, you know, is bravery something that either comes up organically in the conversations with your participants? Is it a specific topic you talk about and get comfortable being uncomfortable? Yeah, well, I actually have one coming up next week. Um, I'll be okay. out there on March 9th. Uh, and the topic for that one is uh, landing and starting a new job virtually. But other topics that we've talked about last year included uh, uh, resilience during COVID. We've talked about uh, racial equity. We've talked about emotional intelligence. We've talked about personal branding, you know, and all of these uh, it's a way to have a, a number of leaders that can share their experiences, be a resource, be inspiring, the lessons learned, some best best practices. And and absolutely, I mean, if you look at, you know, sort of what the foundation is for all of all of these topics, it does require bravery because it's hard. You know, it's easy to just play it safe. Right. I mean, that's kind of the easy thing to do. But then, you know, you don't get as much reward. I mean, I think every time. I have pushed out of my comfort zone, and I'm sure you as well, Ed. Uh, that's when you know it's been the most rewarding because, and it opens different doors and new opportunities, and also forces us to push and grow and develop in ways that we would not have otherwise. So I, I think bravery really is foundational for all of it. So love that you're doing this podcast series on that topic. Well, I love that you had that observation about people because. I believe, and I've seen it with several clients uh, as time has passed, but this uh, experience that they have when they do say something to their boss that they've not been able to say and it's been bothering them sometimes for years, you know, when they actually do say it, you know, they will go back to their office and do kind of a cheerleader jump that they said it, right? And they just feel so good getting it out of their head, getting it off their chest that they finally said what needed to be said. Of course, they always say it with respect. You're never critical or you know, you're not putting the person down, so to speak, but you're always sharing from a place of caring and concern for that person. But, you know, it is a cheerleader moment for a lot of people. And, you know, the second thing is that sometimes moments of bravery as you're doing it may be painful, but a couple of years later, you'll look back and say, you know, the most important thing I ever did was two years ago, I went in and I said something to my boss and today it feels great, right? It feels fantastic that I did it. Uh, but, you know, saying it was really hard. Yeah. And one thing I'd love to add to that, Ed, is the thing that I one thing I always say to my clients is ask yourself, what's the worst that could happen? You know, because I think sometimes the, that inner critic and that self-talk that, you know, the narrative we start to build or where we take ourselves of, well, what if this happens? What if that happens can hold us back and really be such an obstacle. And I say, you know, to, to my clients. What's the worst that can happen? Really think about that. What's the best case scenario? What's the worst case scenario? And usually, usually the worst case is really not 
that bad. It's not something that you can't recover from. So, right. you know, to your point of, you know, have that conversation, like what's really the worst thing that can happen? And, and if that happens, which is probably, you know, like maybe one half of a percentage possibility that it will happen, then you probably can deal with it in a way that you can recover just fine as well. But it's not holding yourself back. Right. Well, I think it's that model people use. And I think the two words are likelihood and possibility. <clears throat> so, excuse me, you know, what's the likelihood it's going to happen? It might be high, but what's the possibility, right? And suddenly it's very low. It's like my, you know, I'm going to get fired if I say something could happen, but the likelihood of it's very, very low, right? So maybe I have the words backwards. Possibility of it happening is high. The likelihood of it happening is very, very low. And I think you're right. I think we almost have like a, a reverse pyramid in our head. The little things that could happen become really likely and prevent us from saying what needs to be said or doing what needs to be done because we have created all of these stories in our heads. Yeah, and on that point too, I believe, and this is something I do practice every day, I think gratitude is another thing that's really essential to practice you know, gratitude daily because you know, I have found that even in the worst, I, I like to always see the, the glass half full, uh, yet I'm a realist, so there's always obstacles, challenges, and we can deal with them, yet there's always something to be grateful for, and it's all perspective, you know, and you know, I believe in staying positive and being happy, you know, and we create that ourselves, but, you know, practicing gratitude, and especially in the, in the times that we're living right now is so essential gratitude and optimism. And I think that will, that helps in allowing us to be brave as well. Well, listen, we will end with a quote because I know you love quotes. I can't remember who said it, but the quote I heard was my glass is neither half full nor half empty. It's always fillable. <laughs> I so, like that. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, about like the, that. it's about the future, right? So that's right. Hey, if it's half empty, I'm going to fill it, right? And get it back there. So, Rita, it was great, great chatting with you today. Thank you so much for being on Be Brave at Work. What are some ways people could reach out to you if they'd like to chat with you more about your business or the, the program that you have uh, where you work with people? Sure. Yeah. And thank you for having me, Ed. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. My website is ritaballenassociates.com. And actually, if you go to my website, you can register for the upcoming panel discussion uh, on March 9th. Um, my email, my telephone, all of that is available on my website. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, and uh, you can find me on, on uh, all of those sites as well. So thank you so much, Ed. It's been a pleasure. Fantastic, Rita. Thank you for sharing your thoughts and observations today. Thank you. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us this week. And we hope you join us next week as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at BeBraveAtWork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on multiple online platforms. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at CabotRisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, which is available in paperback, electronically, and in audio everywhere online. Do you have something to say yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week. <laughs>